Matthew 6. Start there. So Matthew 6, and we're going to start today in verse 28. Matthew 6 and verse 28. In Matthew 6, verse 28, it says this, So why do you worry about your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. Neither they toil nor they spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon... In all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not clothe you, O you of little faith? Verse 31, therefore I say, do not worry, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Verse 33, this is the key verse for what we've been talking about uh, on Sunday morning. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Notice that, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Now let's look at Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, we're going to read a couple more verses before we get going. Everybody just say first. first. Say it one more time. First. One more time. Okay, it was good. Just to, just to get used to responding this cold, icy morning. Uh, I said this last week, but let me say it again. We are a church that responds. We respond during the worship. We respond during the offering. We respond during the teaching. We respond during the preaching. We respond at all times. We're a responding church because a quiet church is a dead church, and we're definitely not a dead church. We're alive. So um, let's read Proverbs 3. In verse 9, Proverbs 3 and verse 9, it says, Honor the Lord with your possessions, and notice, and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. But notice in verse 9, it says, Honor the Lord with your possessions, or we could say your money, your finances, your treasure, and with the first fruits of all your increase. Now, today we're going to be talking about the second part of this message on first. And today we want to talk about this. What is your treasure? What is your treasure? Let's look back over at Matthew 6, and we're going to park there. Matthew 6, and we'll get going. Matthew 6, So, last week we started a series called First. We were talking about the importance of putting God first in our life. And we're going to talk about that this morning, but we want to take it to the next level. And last week, uh, just a quick recap so you know kind of where we're starting today, if you weren't here last week. Uh, Last week we started, and we started talking about this idea of how do we really practically put God first. Because it's one thing for people to say, you need to put God first, but how does that pertain to our everyday life? How does that affect our everyday life? And a lot of Christians, just because they're Christians, think that they're putting God first. Sometimes even unbelievers that don't necessarily know Jesus, but they believe in a higher power, feel like they're putting God first. And they don't even know who God is. So we need some real practical information on how do we really put God first. God said, put me first. Well, how do we do that? And so we broke it down like this. Uh, Last week we talked about your time. 
putting God first in your time. Now, this week, we're going to be talking about putting God first in your treasure. And next week, we're going to be talking about putting God first in your talents. And so we need to get real practical about this. And um, before we go any further, let me say this about this message. All church growth books would say, your second service into preaching, you shouldn't talk about money. Are you here this morning? All church growth books say, you kind of want to stay away from money for a while. But I would be a dishonest preacher if I didn't preach to you what the Word of God has to say about money. Now, they always say there's several things that people don't want to hear about in church because it makes them feel uncomfortable. Their weight. Yeah, I didn't think you'd say anything on that one. Uh, their kids. Yeah, you're all, you're all still quiet. Uh, and their money. Because that's sensitive areas in their life, and they say you don't need to talk about it. But if the Bible talks about it, we need to talk about it. And to go one step further, there's a reason why you don't want preachers to talk about money is because that's what you put first. You wouldn't have a problem with a message about money if you didn't put money first in your life. People get uncomfortable in church because what you're talking about is the thing that they worship. It's the thing that they're giving their time, their talent, their treasure to. So when you talk about it, whether that's their weight or their kids or their money, they get sensitive and say, well, I don't like that church because they talk about money. But God talks a lot about money in the Bible. Something we need to understand about money, finances, treasure. God talks about money almost more than anything in the Bible. Money is mentioned. Because God has a lot to say about money. Not just in the Old Testament, but the New Testament. God has a lot to say about money. So we would be dishonest up here to ignore the subject of money and to just skip on to something else because it's more comfortable for you to hear. Also something to think about, we work all week for money. And then we expect God not to talk about it on Sunday. (laughs) How does that work? That's a huge part of your life is you working to get money, finances, treasure, same thing. And so we need to address this subject today. So let's all have an open heart and an open attitude because I'm not going to tell you what I think about your money. I'm going to tell you what God thinks about your money. And money is a big deal to all of us in here right now. The subject of money, finances, possessions, treasure, first fruits. It's all the same thing in the Bible. And so we're going to talk about that uh, today. We're going to talk about your treasure. How do we put God first with our treasure? So let's look at Matthew 6 and verse 19. Matthew 6 and verse 19, it says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where three thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures... In heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in. Verse 21, key verse here, it says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, or you could say your money, your finances, your resources, your heart will be also. Now let's look at verse 24. And notice this is in the same chapter as seek first the kingdom of God. Same chapter, Matthew 6. So it's in context of what we're talking about. 
In Matthew 6, 24, it says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. You cannot serve God in money. Now, Jesus didn't say you can't have God in money. I said, you're you're responding, church. He said, you can't serve God in money. That's a big difference. He didn't say you can't have God in money, and that's what religious people read when they read this verse. That's not what it says. He says, you can't serve God in money. Or we could say, you can't put money first and God first at the same time. You can't do it. you got to choose which one's going to be your master. you got to choose which one that you're going to serve. And he says in verse 21, where your treasure is, your heart is also. Now that goes back to what we said last week. I said, if you want to find out what you put first in your life, look at your calendar and your bank account first. Those are the first things we need to look at. If we say, well, God, I put you first. Well, how does he show up on your calendar, which a lot of times is non-existent? And how does he show up in your bank account? Because that really tells yourself who has your heart. It tells you who are you putting first in your life. When we look at those practical things, it really tells you who you really honor and put first in your life. Is when we look at our bank account and our calendar. Now, last week we talked about your calendar. We're going to talk about your bank account this week. I know. I'll open your business. It's okay. And so he says, where your treasure is, or your money, there your heart will be also. So we can't honestly come in here and say this morning, we can't come to the altar and raise our hands and say, God, I love you with all my heart, but we're not a giver. Now, the Bible's saying this. I'm not saying this. But realize, when we come to church and when we tell other people, I love God with all my heart. And I come to church and I love the Word of God with all my heart. But if we don't put God first in our money, God says you're a liar. I knew this would be fun. And that's the truth. Because whatever we give our money to, that has our heart also. It's so easy to figure this out. If ESPN is the number one thing on your bank account, guess what? Sports has your heart. If shopping is the number one thing on your bank account, clothes has your heart. If cars and motorcycles and things like that and boats are the number one thing on your bank account, guess what? They have your heart. Now, nothing's wrong with that, but we need to put it in perspective and put it in the right priority you got to put God first. Now, if you have extra to, to work on those things, which I believe God will bless you enough that you could have those things, then that's one thing. But a lot of times we're getting the priorities messed up. And we're not putting God first because he says where your treasure is or your money, that's where your heart is. That's the same thing with saying that you love your family, but you don't take care of your family financially. Because what your treasure is, your heart will be also. If you love your family, guess what? You're going to give them a place to live. 
You're going to give them food. You're going to give them clothes. And your bank account's going to show that you love your family. Why? Because where your treasure is, your heart is also. Same thing with God. Same thing with the church. Same thing with the kingdom of God. Whatever the place our money has in our life, that's where our heart is. And that reflects on us. Now, most people don't like to hear that because it's just the reality of the situation. Most people don't like to be completely honest with themselves like that, to, to, to fess up and say, you know what, I'm really not putting God first. And so we have to be honest with ourselves and say, God, I want your best, but are you giving God the best that you have with your money? We need to decide what we got to do with our money because when we don't put God first in our lives, everything is out of order. But when we do put God first, everything comes into divine order with the kingdom of God. And so God says in his word in Matthew 6, let's read it again. But notice, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So don't seek after the thing, seek after God. Because when we seek after God, financially, all these things that we are wanting to accumulate and all these things that we have need of, God will add to us. And so let's go all the way back to the beginning. Let's go to Genesis. Let's go to Genesis. We're going all the way back to the beginning. You still here this morning? So we want to talk about how do we put God first practically in our money, in our treasure, in our finances. How do we do that practically? We'll realize we're going to talk about this like we did last week. And we're going to go from Genesis into the New Testament. I'm going to show you from your own Bible the principle of first. That God has principles in his word. And there's a principle that's all throughout the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, that God wants to be put first. And notice he tells you to put him first, not for his sake, but for your sake. It helps you. It blesses you. It heals you. It prospers you. It gets your thinking right when we put him in the place of first. And when we put God in the place of first in our life, then he's able to move in our life. But when we choose to not put him first, he can't fully move in our life. And so in Genesis 4, we're going to start seeing this. Now we're talking about finances, money. How do we put God first in our treasure? Genesis 4 in verse 2. Now this is Cain and Abel in the beginning of the Bible. Adam and Eve's sons. And we're going to see this principle already starting. And notice what it says in Genesis 4, 2. Then she bore again a son, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. In verse 3, and in the process of time it came to pass that Cain, notice, brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. In verse 4, Abel also brought, notice what he brought, the firstborn of his flock. And of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel in his offering, but he did not respect Cain in his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. And so, what do we see here? This is all the way in the beginning of the Bible. We see the principle 
of putting God first when it pertains to your resources, your finances, your treasure. And what happens in the beginning, now both of these men brought God an offering. Just like today. A lot of people come to church and bring God an offering, but God doesn't respect everybody's offering. You know what kind of ties and offerings he respects? The ones that you give first. And that's a principle in the word of God. And notice it says that Cain brought an offering, or we could say Cain brought the leftovers of his harvest and tried to give it to God. And God says, I don't take leftovers. In verse 4, but Abel brought the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel in his offering, but he did not respect Cain in his offering. Now, there's a big principle right here all the way in the beginning that just because we give doesn't mean we put God first. It's important to give, but it's not just what we give, it's how we give it and the heart and attitude behind why we're doing it. And you can see the attitudes, what Cain and Abel did. Cain came and brought the leftovers from the past week, but Abel brought the firstborn. And God had respect for Abel's offering, but not respect for Cain's offering. Why? Because Abel brought the first. Are you seeing this this morning? Now let's look at Leviticus 27. Leviticus 27. Now we're not going to get into all these scriptures for time's sake, but you can read all throughout the Old Testament. The fathers of our faith, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and you've heard those names before. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it all says about their lives that they gave God the first 10%. They gave God the tithes and the offerings first. So Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, this is not something that just happened one time in the Bible. So it was in Genesis with Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel. But Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob gave God the first. And then we see that Moses and the children of Israel gave God the first the firstborn or the first fruits of everything they had, they gave God the first wife because it's a principle. And it's an honor to God that we put him first. So we see Moses and the children of Israel gave God the first fruits and the firstborn of what they had. But notice in Leviticus 27, in verse 30, it says this, In all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, It is, notice, the Lord's. And it is holy unto the Lord. And go on to verse 31. It says, if a man wants to redeem any of this tithe, he shall add one-fifth to it. And verse 32, and concerning the tithe of the herd or of the flock or whatever passes under the rod, the tenth one shall be holy to the Lord. You hear this morning. So he's saying in the Bible that the first part of everything that God's children has belongs to the Lord. It doesn't belong to you. And if we could be super honest today, 100% of what we all have belongs to the Lord. 
You wouldn't have a house today. You wouldn't have a car today. You wouldn't have clothes today if it wasn't for the Lord. We wouldn't have food today. We wouldn't have a building today. We wouldn't be able to get up out of bed this morning if it wasn't for the Lord. So 100% of what we have technically belongs to the Lord. But he just says, give me the first 10% because it's mine and it's holy, not for my sake, but for your sake. Because I'm going to bless you when you put me first. Are you seeing this this morning? Because there's a blessing that comes with the first. Like God says, you seek me first with your money and all these things will be added unto you. You know, we usually do the opposite, myself included. What do we do? We, we try to figure out, I need to do more work. I need to get more jobs. I need to start an eBay business. I need to start a lemonade stand so I can make more money and get ahead. How about you put God first in your money and let God add all these things to you? Instead of trying to do all these things to get money and you realize you've done those things and you're still not getting ahead. Why? Because you're not putting God first. And the blessing of God will not be on your money and your finances and your treasure until you put God first. Are you here today? (laughs) And so God says that the tenth or the first tenth is mine, and it's holy unto me. Now let's look at Nehemiah. Isn't this fun? Nehemiah. When do you get to read Nehemiah? So Nehemiah, we're going to turn to Nehemiah's after Ezra. Nehemiah 10, and we're going to start in verse 35. Now, understand this. There is hundreds of scriptures about giving God the first. So just because we don't get to all of them, and everybody said, thank God, we're not reading all several hundred scriptures about the firstborn, the first fruits, the first month, and all these things. I'm just trying to give you some highlights in the Bible of when God said, give me the first. So Nehemiah 10 and verse 35 It says, and we made ordinance to bring the first fruits of our ground and the first fruits of all the fruit of the trees year by year. Notice where? To the house of the Lord. Verse 36, to bring the firstborn of our sons and our cattle, as is written in the law, and the firstborn of our herds and our flocks. Notice, to the house of our God. To the priests who minister to the house of of our God. In verse 37, to bring the first fruits of our dough, our offering, the fruit of all the trees, the new wine and the oil, to the storehouse of the house of our God. And notice, to bring the tithes of our lands to the Levites, or that's the, the ministry, for the Levites should receive the tithes in all the farming communities. Now this is after... Moses and the children of Israel. This is way after that, but notice it's still in the word of God and it was still something they emphasized that no matter how far we get away from Egypt, we're still going to put God first. This is not something that was just in the Old Testament law. This was way before the law. This was all the way back to Adam and Eve 
and Cain and Abel and Abraham, which was hundreds and hundreds of years before the law. And then it goes all the way throughout the Old Testament into the New Testament because it's bigger than a law. It's a principle in God's word and an attitude of our heart that we put God first in our money. Now, sometimes when I read these scriptures, we don't relate to them that well because we're not agricultural people. But that's what they had. They didn't have dollar bills and debit cards and checks. Those people didn't have that in that day. But what they did have was livestock, sheep, goats, cows. They had corn and all these different crops and grain. That's what they had. That was their resources. That was their money. So sometimes when we read this, we don't see the significance of it. But that's what they had in their day. That was the money. That was the possessions they had of their day. That's how they lived. Was because of their herds and their sheep and their crops. And so that's why God doesn't say, bring your check, bring your debit card, bring your... He says, bring your first fruits because that's what they had. He said, bring your firstborn of your sheep and your your cows because that's the kind of treasure they had in that day. But just because those things change in our day, the principle is still the same. A lot of us are not agricultural people in here. We don't have sheep and goats and, you know, Amzie does. He has chickens. But um, most of us in here don't have all those animals and we're not on a farm with all these crops. But we do have finances and resources. And the principle is still the same. And notice he said, it's an ordinance to God that you bring the first of everything. Whether it's the first of the ground, of your crops, of your grain. If it's the first of what's in your house. If it's the first of your sheep or your goats or your cows. God says, put me first. Because there's a blessing attached to it. You still here this morning. And so God says that he wants to be first So he can bless us. Now, let's turn over to Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3. And like I said earlier, I don't want to just give you my opinion. Let's go to the Word of God, what the Word of God has to say. So God says that he wants to be first. And when we say first first fruits or firstborn or the first month, all those things are are a type and symbol of what we do today. Now, a lot of times when they said first fruits, what they were specifically talking about was the first 10%, which is called the tithe. A lot of you have heard of tithing. Is the first 10% of whatever you have, whether it's cattle or sheep or, or grain or anything you have, God wants the first 10%. Now, that's important because we're going to talk about that a little bit more. The first ten, that is the tithe. Now, before we read in Proverbs 3, you need to understand this. Jesus tithed. Jesus gave offerings. Jesus, even though he was God, when he was on the earth, he was generous and put God first with his money. It's in, the, it's in the, the Gospels. Jesus was a tither. And he put God first. So they're saying, well, I want to be like Jesus. Well, Jesus was a giver. <laughs> and how many know he gave a lot more than a tithe? 
but he, he physically gave tithes and offerings to the house of God he went to when he was on the earth because he put God first in his money, his, his finances, his possession. And here's something really cool to think about. Jesus was the tithe of God. Because God the Father is not going to tell you to do something that he's not willing to do. And God the Father gave the first ten for the world. It says in the New Testament that Jesus, guess what? He's the firstborn. And Jesus is the first fruits of what's to come. And God's not going to tell you something to do that he's not already doing. So the Father himself gave the first and the best part, which is Jesus, for us so he could get all of us as a harvest for what he gave first. Are you here this morning? So God's not going to tell us to do something he didn't already do. And how many know Jesus was worth a lot more than your money? Your boat, your finances, a cow or a sheep or some grain. God the Father gave his firstborn, principle first, He gave his first fruit so he could get all of us as a harvest for what he gave. So God gave his first. So how much more, if God already gave his first, is it really a big deal for us to give our first to God? (laughs) Let's think about this, really. God gave the best he had, the most important he had, first. In Proverbs 3, verse 9, Notice it says, honor the Lord with your possessions. And with the first fruits, he's talking about the tithe, the first ten of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So what is he saying here? This is saying the same thing that Matthew 6.33 is. He said, if you honor me with the first, guess what will happen? Blessings, overflow, Abundance. When you honor the Lord with your first, what does he do? Now, we're not agricultural people, but put it into context for 2016. These were agricultural people, so when they said your barns will be filled with plenty, that means a lot of money. That means abundance and increase. And and when it says your vats will overflow with new wine, that means that there's abundance in their house because they put God first. And so you're not getting excited about wine and barns today. But let's think about it in 2016. It means if you honor the Lord with your first fruits, that you will have abundance for every good work. That you're not going to be struggling the rest of your life when you put God first. That you're going to get into a place of overflow and abundance because you honor the Lord with your first. And so it's a principle in the Bible. We put God first. We give Him the first fruits of what we have. Because it's an honor issue, it's not just a money issue. You know, when we choose not to give God the first, we tell God, I got this. When you choose not to give the first 10% or even more than that to God, you're saying to God, I got this. I am my own provider. I am my own source, I am my own supply, and I honestly believe, and nobody would say this out loud, but your actions are saying this, 
You honestly believe that you with 100% of your money is better than 90% with God in your money. I'm preaching this morning. I don't know if you're saying amen at 1108. None of us would say that out loud, but our actions say that. When we don't put God first in our money, we say, God, I got this. I can do this by myself. I'm my own source. I'm my own supply. I don't need your help. That's not putting God first. But let me say this one more time. 90% of your money with the blessing of God on it is better than 100% by yourself and in your own strength. Are you hearing me this morning? 90% of your money with the blessing of God on it is a lot more than 100% of your money by yourself in your own strength. You ever heard this term? We're trying to make ends meet. And they never meet. Why don't they meet? Because you're trying to do it by yourself. And even though you have all your money, you're not making it. Why? Because you need the blessing of God on your money. Do you love me this morning? I feel like you do. So 90% with the blessing of God is way more than 100% by yourself. God's word is true. And if God says you put me first, this is what I'll do for you. Because it's an honor issue. Notice it says right here, honor the Lord with your first fruits. Honor the Lord. People get caught up in the money issue. It's an honor issue. When we, when we don't give, it's not, well, I don't like pastors, so I'm not giving. I don't like the church, so I'm not giving. It's not about that. It's about God. Are you here? So you could try to make excuses all day, well, why you don't give, but it's an honor issue, not a money issue. Because when we honor God, he not only has our first 10%, he has the 100%. And so it's an honor issue. Giving God the first is an honor issue. It says we honor God. Now that's where the practical things come into place because we can talk all day, but when we physically give 10% first, our actions are saying, God, I honor you. Our giving says, God, I honor you. It's easy to talk. We all know that. And tell God I love you. But God says, you've got to have to do something. Don't show me just in your words. Show me in your actions that you're putting me first. And notice, God tells us to give him the first ten. Once again, that already belongs to him. And then he blesses us. Because we gave something that already belonged to him. I mean, if it's not clear by now, I don't know what to say. (laughs) Think about this. God asks you to give him the first tenth that already belongs to him. And says, I'm going to bless you if you just put me first. Then you put him first with the money that's already his. And he blesses you some more. Is this ridiculous? That's how much God loves us. That's how much God is for us. 
That's how much God wants us to put him first. Like I said, it's not about him. He's trying to bless us. But he says, you got to put me first in your treasure. You got to put me first in your money. Because it says, I honor you, God. Now we see in the, the Bible other places that people put God first and they gave because it's a sign of our thanksgiving and worship to God. We give because we're thankful. Thankful people are giving people. You realize worship is more than just coming up and raising your hands and singing a couple songs on Sunday morning. Worship is action Monday through Saturday in thanksgiving and worship to God. Worship and thanksgiving is not just, let me sing a worship song. It's giving of our resources and finances to God. It's giving our treasure to God. Now let's look at Exodus 13. We're about to close today. Y'all get something this morning? You guys have been helping me. So we're going to put God first in our treasure. Putting God first in our treasure. So we honor God. That's why we put Him first. It's a sign of our thanksgiving and worship to God. We put Him first. But I want to talk to you about one more thing as we're going to close in a, in a moment here. Is we give to God first because it requires faith. We give to God first because it requires faith. You listen this morning. Now we're going to say some things. You, you got your ears open. It takes no faith to give God the last 10%. It takes faith to give God the first 10%. So we give God what's first because it requires faith. And notice faith is what pleases God. And if we give him the last 10%, that's saying, God, I don't trust you. And if I have leftovers, I'll give some money. And so, God wants us to give him the first ten because it requires faith. The last ten does not require faith. Now, real quick. If I gave you $1,000 today, each one of you, and you had ten $100 bills, how much is the tithe? How much? $100. Okay. $100. So I gave you 1000 So I gave you 10 $100 bills. So the tithe of that is 100 Now, which one of those 10 or $100 bills is the first one? How do we know that? Which one of those 10 $100 bills is the first one? Well, I'm going to tell you. Everybody's like, how do I answer this question? I don't want to blow it in front of everybody right now. So you have $1,000. Now, I'm not a math person, but I'm, I'm stretching it on this example today. $1,000, 10 $100 bills, a tithe of that is $100. So 
So which one of those is the first one? What's the first one that leaves your hand is the first one. The first 10 is the first one that leaves your hand. Now let me talk to you about something real quick before we close because we got to get our thinking right when it comes to this. This is not legalistic. If you don't do it like this right now, it's okay. But this all has to do with your attitude and your heart. If you get paid and the first things you do is write your mortgage and your insurance and your car payment and you you set aside some money to go eat and you set aside some money to go shopping and you do all these things and then you decide after all this, whatever's left over, I'll give to the house of God. That's not putting him first. And you can say, well, you're being legalistic. No, I'm not. I'm just saying, check your attitude. Check your heart. What does that say to God? Because it's not faith to give the last ten. It's faith to give the first. And when we get paid and and we, we get money or we get increased to our lives, what is the first thing we do? A lot of times it's not write our tithe check. A lot of times it's not... Let me set aside some money so I can give into the house of God or put God first. A lot of times we're thinking, well, I'm going to buy this and I'm going to go here and I need to pay this bill and I need to do this. That's not first. Are you hearing me this morning? I'm not being legalistic. I'm just saying, let's check our heart. It's all about priority and who we're putting first. So it takes no faith to give the last ten. It takes faith to give the first ten. And how do we know what the first is? It's the first one that leaves our hand. It's the first check we write. It's the first thing if you do online banking, it's the first thing we do, we figure out a way. I'm going to set aside what's God's first. Because it's not a law, it's not legalism, it's a principle of putting God first. It's an attitude on my heart that I'm going to put Him first. And I'm not even at church doing this. Because it takes faith to give the first ten, not the last. Some of you would say, I can't afford to give. I can't afford to tithe. You can if you do it first. Ouch. Did that hurt? (laughs) I can't afford to give. I can't afford to tithe. I can't afford to give offerings. I can't afford. You can if you do it first. I'm just trying to be honest with you here. You can if you do it first. Now, you probably can't if you don't do it first because you'll be spending money on this, this, and this, and then if whatever's left over, you'll give to God. But if you do it first, you'll always be able to give God what belongs to Him. Notice, if you do it first, there's a principle here. Exodus 13, we're going to read it in a moment here, but notice, in Malachi 3, you can just write this down. We're going to close in a moment. In Malachi 3, it talks about tithes and offerings, probably one of the most famous verses in the Bible. And God says, you have robbed me because you don't give me what belongs to me. And he's specifically talking about the tithes and offering and what we give God first. And he says, you didn't give me first, you gave me what was left over. And God says, I don't respect those offerings. 
Now, in their context, they were giving God the sheep that they didn't want. (laughs) The ugly sheep. The sheep with disease. The sheep that was in the garden causing too much trouble. That's the kind of sheep that they were giving God, not the first. And God says, I don't accept those offerings because I want what's first. But he says this, and I want to make this challenge to you. We've been doing the first 15 challenge. Well, I got another challenge this week. God says in his word, speaking about giving our first to God, our tithes and our offerings, he says, try me in this. Or we could say, he says, test me in this. He's saying, prove me. You ever been in a fight? Some of you. Don't say amen in the house of God. But when you're in a fight, especially guys who are cocky and full of themselves, what is the first thing to say? Prove it. Prove me. Step to me. Do something. Now, I'm not saying God's cocky, but a little bit right here, he's saying, come on, prove it. If you put me first, see if I won't bless you. See if I won't open the windows of heaven. See if I won't flood your life with everything you need. And God says, prove me in this. So that's not just me challenging you. That's the God of the universe challenging you. He's saying, if you put me first with your tithes and offerings and you give me what's first, prove me in this and I'll show you the blessing of God that comes on your life. Exodus 13 in verse 13. Now, earlier in this passage, it's talking about the firstborn. It's talking about giving God the firstborn of every animal, but giving God and consecrating the firstborn son of every family. And so in Exodus 13 and verse 13, it says, But every firstborn of a donkey shall redeem with a lamb, and if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. Amen. Isn't this an exciting verse? (laughs) That's what you wanted to hear today. In all the firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. Verse 14, it says, So it shall be when your son asks you in time, saying, What is this? That you shall say to him, By strength of the hand of the Lord, He brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. In verse 15, And it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and of beast. Therefore I sacrifice to the Lord all the firstborn of my sons that I redeem. Verse 16, It shall be as a sign on your hand and frontlets between your eyes, for by strength of the hand of the Lord that brought us out of Egypt. Now, as we read this passage, I want to explain to you what it really means. Now, this whole time we've been talking about first, giving God the first of your treasure, your money, your possessions. God says, give me the first fruits, the firstborn. And there's a blessing attached to that. Goes back to Matthew 6.33, you seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. But in Exodus 13, he's talking about that eventually there would come a day with God's people. This is after they came out of Egypt. 
This is when they were in the wilderness and they were about to go into the promised land. And God was saying through Moses that there's going to come a day in a generation that doesn't know why you're doing this. Are you here? There's going to come a generation after you that doesn't know why you're killing the firstborn. There's going to be a generation after you that doesn't know why you're giving the first fruits to God. You're thinking, you know, mom and dad, why are we giving our first to God? We need that food. We need that grain. And you could just imagine, and this is how raw the Old Testament is. You can imagine one of those children of Israel who had some land in, in a ranch with cows and sheep and goats and all these things, that as soon as they had the firstborn of a sheep or a cattle or goats or anything, or what they would do first, even if their kid was right here next to them, a little kid, they would grab the goat or the sheep or the cattle as soon as they were born, and the dad would come by and kill it. In front of the child. That's an R-rated movie. (laughs) That kid's probably freaking out. That kid is like, you do not cross dad. (laughs) He will kill you. (laughs) And also, see, look, it does so many things. You put God first. You intimidate your children to behave. (laughs) It all works together. Should we try that in 2016? Imagine your little kid, as soon as they get the first of, uh, of their, no, I'm not going to say that. Let's just say if you had sheep or cattle. The first sheep that comes out, the dad would, would grab that sheep, and the little kid would probably be like, oh, my gosh, he's so cute. Dad would grab it, cut his throat. That's the Old Testament. That's how real it was. Because all the firstborn belong to God. All the first fruit belong to God. And so they realize when that kid grows up, he's going to have some questions. Dad was messed up. Dad was crazy. He was always killing my favorite pet. Why was he doing that? The first cattle, the first sheep, the first cat. I mean, just anything. Did I say cat? I'm going to say cattle. That's what I said. Cattle. He had to take out the first. The first hermit crab? I mean, whatever it is. Uh, Okay, let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about my hermit crabs. That's emotional for me. It lived about a month, and they were done. And there was like... They're like, there's no way you're getting a dog when you couldn't take care of a hermit crab for a month. Two hermit crabs for a month, and I couldn't do it. Okay, side note. So there's going to be a day that comes, and, and somebody's going to ask you, Dad, why are you doing this? Mom, why are, we, why are we doing this? And notice what God says. It says there's going to be a day that your child comes to you and says, because they, they didn't grow up slaves in Egypt. And he's going to say, by strength of the hand of the Lord, he brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And knows when Pharaoh wouldn't let us go, they killed the firstborn. And therefore, we sacrificed to the Lord all of this. 
Because it's a sign. It's a principle. It's a symbol. It's honor. It's worship. It's thanksgiving to God. That's why we do it. We don't have to do it because the pastor pressured us into giving an offering. We don't have to do this because somebody forced us to do it. We do it because of God and what he's brought us from. That's why we give God the first. But think about this. These kids didn't grow up in slavery. They didn't grow up where their parents grew up, so they don't get the revelation of it. Think about that. And they would have to tell their kids, we weren't always this wealthy. We weren't always this good. We weren't always this healthy. We weren't always living where we live now. We always didn't drive what we drive now. Your mom and dad weren't always good people like they are now. We always weren't serving God. But there's something that happened, and that's why we give the way we give. Because we're putting God first. Because the kid had no knowledge of what God had brought them out of. And that's why a lot of times in the Old Testament, which is sad, a lot of times those generations stop serving God. Because they never knew what God really did for them. So they thought, oh, whatever, it's mom and dad is what they do. It's not what I do. But think about this. This is something that's not just affecting you. It's affecting generations after you. And I think today we could all say, whether you're young or you're old in here or middle-aged, whatever age it is, I think we could all say, if somebody asks us this question, we could honestly say, you know what, I wasn't always where I am today. I always didn't have a sound mind. I always wasn't healed. I always wasn't delivered. I always wasn't prosperous and blessed like I am today. And we don't remember our past to beat ourselves up, but we all had a past in here. And if we could be honest, we got to realize that God delivered us. And God took us out of Egypt, which he's talking about taking you out of the world and brought you into the kingdom of God. He took you out of bondage and brought you into deliverance. He brought you out of sickness and brought you into health. God did all those things. That's why we give God what's first. And when we think about it that way, is the first ten a big deal? Is the first ten something that, oh my gosh, I'm giving ten percent. When God has done all that for us, we give our first Back to them. Think about all those kids that grew up. And think about even in your life. The future generations that you can affect by this. Because there will be a day that your children and grandchildren say. Why do we give? Why are you doing this? Why do we do what we do at church? It's because God has brought us out of Egypt. God has brought us out of the world. God has brought us out of bondage. And it says, by the strength of God's hand, he brought us out of Egypt and he brought us out of bondage into where we live today. We didn't always live here. 
We weren't always blessed. We always didn't have a good family. We always weren't healed. We always weren't where we are today. But God did this for us. So the least we can do is give God the first. It's a principle here. When you're thankful, the first ten is not a big deal. (laughs) When you honor God and worship God, the first ten is not a big deal. Some of you need to look at your heart. Why is it such a big deal to you? When you realize everything you have, 100% of what you have belongs to God. And He's given you that. So there'll be a day come that maybe not your kids or your grandchildren, but maybe some people you know will ask you, why do you give? You give all your, ter- your money to that church down there. Why? Well, let me tell you why. Because this is what God did in my life. And since God has done this for me, 10% is nothing. Honoring God with the first of my finances when he's given me everything I have. He's even given me the strength to go to work and make money. He's given me the ability to have a mind that can think good enough to have a job. That's all God's blessing, not you. And what we do is we give God the first. Did you guys get anything this morning? So we give God... The first. Can we close our eyes for a moment here?